Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am super fired up to interview our special guest today, Hunter Crone. Hunter's friends and family would best describe him as having a love for the water since birth. He was raised on Lake McQueenie, living in almost every neighborhood on the lake growing up. He has also resided on Meadow Lake, Lake Placid, and currently lives on Lake Dunlap with his wonderful wife, Ashley, and their two boys, Rylan and Zane. Having grown up on the lake, Hunter naturally became a competitive wake skier and wake boarder. He was, get this, the 2003 Collegiate Wakeboard National Champion. Can't wait to hear more about that, Hunter. And he also worked at various theme parks around the nation, including SeaWorld and Six Flags, performing in water ski stunt shows. To this day, you will still see him on the area lakes, training behind his favorite boat, which is a Malibu. So apparently my Moomba is not even going to qualify. I know Malibu's better, but we can talk about that too, Hunter. Hunter graduated from Texas A&M in 2004 with a degree in marketing. He actually wanted to use his degree in marketing, so he got in real estate in 2006. From 2008 through 2016, Hunter was one of the top individual producers in Central Texas, where they reside. He created the Lakefront Group in 2017, and from 2018 through this year, 2023, they have been either the number one or the number two producing group within the largest Keller Williams Market Center in the world, which is Keller Williams Heritage. Two of Hunter's most memorable times in real estate was when he was featured on HGTV twice. And ironically, I just got done interviewing one of the HGTV founders on last week's episode. So small world. But anyway, Hunter, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. You ready for this? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for this conversation. I've given everybody just a little brief overview of kind of who you are and what you do. But if you could start us off by just telling us a little bit more about who is Hunter Crone and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, man, you covered it in my bio, so it's hard to add to that. But no, as you can tell, I have an absolute love for anything waterfront. It's it's that waterfront lifestyle. Hence why we got into selling waterfront real estate is to sell that lifestyle. Because what we sell is that lifestyle. The house, the property, the improvements are all a byproduct of the lifestyle that they're buying into. So living that lifestyle makes it very easy to sell. Because you're passionate about it. There's a couple of points I'm hearing right now is one, it's a lot easier to sell something that you believe in and that you're passionate about, which you obviously are. And two, I love what you said. I mean, you're selling the lifestyle, you're selling the benefits and not everybody that hears this podcast is in sales. Well, I would argue everybody's in sales. They sold their spouse on marrying them. They sell their children on obeying them. We're selling all the time, but you know, in sales as a profession, not everybody does that, but one of the things for those that do is, you know, it's easy to start talking about details and features and miss talking about benefits and lifestyle and the things that move us emotionally. Sounds like a fun, fun thing to be selling waterfront real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that, is that, is it enjoyable? Or is it just a job? Well, I'm out of production now. So my team handles the 
transactions directly with the clients. So I've been in it since 06, as you just read. And so I've spent a lot of time with clients and we take them for boat tours, really selling that lifestyle, as I was saying, you know, so it really truly is like, even when we get with our videographers, you know, they want to showcase every feature of the house. And I'm like, no, showcase where it's out on the lake, follow a boat, you know, because that's what they're buying into. How easy or, or how quickly can they access that fun on the water? Because like I said, I've grown up on McQueenie, lived in almost every neighborhood on that lake, lived on Meadow Lake, Lake Placid, and now Lake Dunlap. You know, I've seen it all. And as far as locations of the water and uh, can preach the benefit of every different spot. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of people, my competitors will come up to me or new people getting into the industry and they say, hey, I want to sell waterfront real estate to be successful. And they know nothing about waterfront and they don't know that lifestyle. And that's truly, I know people say that as a slogan, they sell a lifestyle, but truly they don't know what they're selling. We are selling that lifestyle. It truly is. I mean, you're, I've been called a lake rat, you know, <laughs> you know, water steam with all the above. I've been there, done that. So tell me, what is the waterfront lifestyle for our listeners? What is the waterfront lifestyle? Most of the time people are looking to make those core memories with their kids, whether they're young or in college, they just want to connect. I mean, who doesn't want to visit their parents that have a lake house? When you have a nice house, the nicest house on a one acre overlooking a city or a, a valley or whatever, you know, nobody comes back for that. They come back to go play on the lake. And so it's, it, it attracts the older kids and it's an opportunity like I have. I've got two boys and we've grown up on the lake. My youngest learned how to ski at 17 months and 29 days. Wow. So we've made a lot of poor memories and, and I grew up on the lake as well. And, and I wanted to, to share that experience with my family and also with all of our clients so they could make those memories. But that, I would say that is the waterfront lifestyle is those memories that families and friends get to make together on the water. I love it. And you know what? One of the things, not to get too far off topic, but, you know, as a family, we lived uh, 11 miles from a ski resort several years ago and and that was wonderful memories but one of the many things i love about the water is especially wake surfing or any kind of water sports it's like you're in the boat together you're there making memories i mean you're close you're not spread out all over the mountain or wherever you know everybody is together the family is together such great memories and for those that don't live on the water and don't have a boat i mean you can rent a boat you can experience that even without living on the on the water did i hear you say you have a son that learned to water ski at 17 months old correct 17 months and 29 <laughs> 17 months and 29 days that would be an awesome sight 17 months i mean there's some children i realize most walk around a year but there are some that aren't walking at 17 months and he's out there skiing slalom double ski how, how what was he doing he said it was the tying together skis with the with the yeah. little tie to the skis as well yeah you know it's it's easy when you know what you're doing and kids freak out about it if they've never been in the boat for one or they never put the skis on so we put the skis on and i pull them around the grass you know for months prior to that event and then we put the skis on the boat was already going like five miles an hour and we just set him on top of the water so he never had to get in the water and he was used to being pulled around the grass. So it was no different. Wow. Wow. 
Hey, let's talk a little bit about just your professional success before I dive into some other questions for you. But you are the number one, number two, probably depends on the year, probably is a little fluctuation there. One of the top two, sometimes the top one team within your local Keller Williams office and your local Keller Williams office is the largest office, meaning what? It produces the most volume or transactions or however they're measuring it of all Keller Williams in the nation is that or in the world. Yeah, it's the largest Keller Williams market center in the world. And Keller Williams is the largest real estate brokerage in the world. So I, I believe it's agent count and possibly transaction volume. I'm not 100% on that. We're not the number one Keller Williams team by any means, but we are definitely one of the top producing Keller Williams teams worldwide. Yeah. This year, we're, we're looking like we're going to get the number one spot again. Well, congratulations a little bit early. I know there's what, a few weeks left in the year and that's awesome. Tell us real quick about the college wakeboarding national champion. I mean, I've, I've never met a collegiate wakeboard national champion, but does that mean what it sounds like it means? You were the best college wakeboarder in the nation in 2003? At that tournament. <laughs> gotcha. Collegiate Wakeboard Nationals started in 2001. Uh, I went to Texas A&M University and we did not have an official wakeboard team. I got third in 01 and our team, I think got second or third, but we didn't make it 02 and then 03, it came down to Austin. So there was 97 riders, I believe there and ended up having a good few runs that day and took the top spot. I'm really good at tournaments for no money. If you were to put five bucks on the line, I would have fallen. <laughs> That's awesome. So how old are you now? You said that was 2003. So that was your college years were in the early 2000s? Correct. Yeah, 2000. So what's that make you now? 40-ish? 42. 42? So at 42, are you still pulling the aerial stuff? Uh, and we'll get into the damn failure where I live on like Dunlap, which damn, it's damn failed. Four and a half years ago. Up until that point, I could still do my winning run from 03. I got better after 03, so I lost a lot. But no, I, I want to get back there. I don't know if I will, but now that we have a lake back, which we'll get into in a little bit, I plan on, you know, getting out there a few times a week and see if I can successfully in my 40s do the run that I wanted. What would you say, Hunter, has been one of the keys to your success? You're killing it. I mean, you're 42 years old, top team in the largest market center within the largest real estate brokerage in the world, selling lakefront property. You got a whole team of obviously rock stars doing that under your incredible leadership. Like what would you say is one of the keys to your success? Keys to my success is getting into the business when I did. And at that time in 06, into 06, 07, nobody really had a strong foothold or a comprehensive website for the, the local lakes. And so what I did, I didn't have any money. I went and started typing the HTML, learning how to code websites. And, and I built several websites from the ground up, filling that hole, which was funny because I remember building those websites and not really thinking that people were going to them yet, which means you're sitting in the office, the, the Keller Williams office, waiting for the office phone to ring. And my cell phone rang and a lady calls me and was asking about a house. And I looked at it and I was like, well, you called the wrong phone. Because <laughs> I didn't think anybody was going to my website. So 
but your, your internet marketing was starting to work already. Yeah, it's no not too much surprise. So, but yeah, that was definitely the biggest key to my success was, was being able to fill that hole. If I was getting into the industry now, that'd be very difficult um, as far as SEO and working your way up. Will you continue though to have, that was 2006, I think you said, you've continued to have incredible success. Here we are in 2023. So a lot of years have passed. You're the top team in obviously the largest market. We already talked about that. So it's a lot more than just the SEO at this point. Would you agree? I mean, what, what is the key that's allowed you to sustain running a successful business, managing a successful team and staying essentially at the top of your game? Well, I mean, referrals and repeat clients are great. But man, just having a phenomenal team, there's always somebody that can do something better than you. And you just seem to find those people and hire. I love it. And I love your humility as well. Such good stuff, Hunter. Let's talk about that challenge that you mentioned a minute ago. You said, and I know when we were talking the other day on the phone, you said 2019 was the year that the dam broke. And I forgot the name of the lake, but tell our listeners a little bit of that story, because I know you were sharing with me, that's one of the biggest challenges you face to date, maybe the biggest challenge. Can you share them with them a little bit of how that all went down, how it affected your business? And, and then we can talk about what you did about it from there. Absolutely. In 2019, actually from 2006 till 2019, May of 2019, we had represented the Guadalupe lakes, which is a chain of lakes and rivers, starting at Canyon Lake, Guadalupe river, Comal river, Lake Dunlap, Queenie, Lake Placid, Lake Seguin and Meadow Lake. And I live on Lake Dunlap and our dam, actually all the dams in this chain, except for Canyon Dam, were about 90 years old. And a sunny day, no foul weather or no heavy rains, the front hinges on one of the gates of the Lake Dunlap Dam gave way and the gate just completely disintegrated and disappeared. And our lake was drained in a matter of hours. So I was up that morning and I remember drinking some coffee and the lake had been down a foot and I, I could see it on my dock. It has like a pole that it will touch. And I remember looking that morning and I was like, wow, the, the, the lake's actually up. It's been down a foot for the last few weeks. I went and put some clothes on, came back out and it was back down a foot plus some. And I was like, that is really weird. Never seen it do that. And sure enough, got a phone call. The alarms went off that the dam broke and it was too late then I had two boats stuck in my lift, but what it did to my business is that was most of our business. It, you know, we, we worked Kenya Lake quite a bit, but the majority of our business at that time was Dunlap, Queenie Placid. And so we lost six to $7 million worth of contracts as soon as that dam broke, just because people didn't know what was going to happen. That was not devastating at that point, but a few weeks later or a month later, we were switching people over to McQueenie and Blasted, which had working dams or gates. And GBRA, who owns and controls these dams, said, we're going to drain all of them. We don't know if these other dams are going to break. We're just going to drain all of them. So that literally turned my business off like a faucet. I mean, everybody stopped and halted any forward progress in purchasing the lake house. Several people on the lakes ended up suing GBRA and got an injunction to halt them from draining the other lakes until they came up with a solution to repair them. Fast forward that those lakes have been drained since and are, are under construction, but that was extremely rough. At the time, I had about nine months worth of reserves 
And it took about 10 months for it to turn around. Very, very humbling. As soon as it happened, I tried to take matters into my own hand. And I was like, what do we do? Let's switch to the next chain of lakes, which is the Highland Lakes. And I expanded there. I figured all the buyers that we had would still want to buy a lake house at these other set of lakes. And it didn't really happen like that. I was about seven, eight months into it and finally just broke down and got on my knees and, and gave it to God. Prior to that point, I really kept business and my relationship with God separate. And this whole experience really and truly humbled me to rely on him on every aspect of my life, not just check in on Sunday and say, hey, how's it going? I'm here and then I'll see you next week. And I have to remind myself of that often, but you know, it's, it's in his hands. And one month after I had ran out of money, uh, <laughs> things turned around and we've been doing really well since, but looking back in hindsight, I'm glad I went through that because I have a much closer relationship with God. And, you know, like I said, I'm in C12, the Christian leadership board, and they use the, the term business as a ministry and I'm not as good as say a Daryl Lyons that has stuff set up, but I'm, I'm working at it. But yeah, COVID had just started and, and that kind of slowed down, which, which has kind of extended the, the turnaround. But after COVID kind of the, the newness wore off, as you know, the real estate market just exploded. And so we were very blessed after that. Wow. So man, some good stuff in here, challenging stuff, but some good stuff. One is you had nine months of reserves. Most people don't even have a few months of reserves or even a month of reserves. Honestly, you had nine months of reserves. So there's a big lesson. I mean, what if you didn't have reserves? What if you had three months of reserves, you know, and it took 10 months to get this thing turned around, which was still a month longer than your reserves. So I can only imagine, especially when you said, you said you were around, around the seven month mark. I think when you said you kind of just fell on your knees and said, God, I'm running out of options here. I need to make sure you're a part of everything I'm doing. And uh, what a great decision that is speaking from experience, wish I would have done that much sooner in my life. But anyway, but you did get it turned around at the 10 month mark. What, what did that look like? Because this started in 2019 when the dam broke 10 months later, I guess we're into maybe 2020. Was that, were you in COVID at that point? Like, yeah. The lake wasn't put back together and you went to another chain of lakes that didn't quite pan out like you thought. So what was the turning point? So actually, yeah, good question. In November of 2019, we had direction. So each one of the lakes, the GBRA could not afford to replace the dams. And that was the big question mark is because people didn't know if they were buying into a river. because the Guadalupe River runs through there. So there was a river back there. But the lake was question mark. And so buyers wanted confirmation that there was going to be a lake there at some point and when that was going to happen and how much it was going to cost them. So each lake had to come together, create a WCID. We basically had to tax ourselves in order to get our lake back. So each lake did that. Dunlap, McQueen, and Placid. Meadow's still working on that right now. Actually, there's a vote today, which we might find out about. But anyways, we had to tax ourselves in November of 2019, we had put everything together to where that vote passed and we were able to create a taxing district. And so buyers had some reassurance that, hey, look, we have a plan. We have a source of 
money for the dam, and they knew roughly how much that was going to cost each homeowner. Ad valorem tax, very similar like a school district tax. So once we had answers, buyers were comfortable at that point. Well, November passed, and then COVID started right after that. So then everybody freaked out and paused for a little bit. So that's what kind of extended it. So after everybody figured out that COVID was going to last a while and people could live wherever they want and work remotely, a lake house moved to the top of a lot of people's priority list, but it hadn't been there before. So real, real quickly, we got really busy. That makes sense. So just out of curiosity, where is Lake Dunlap? dam at now or is it still trying to be funded to be rebuilt is it still just a river running off in the distance from a what used to be a lakefront homes property line we have weeks ago a full lake 100 percent full wow that's fresh this is new yeah this is exciting it was like i think what they say like 10 days short of four and a half years so okay two years of planning and about two and a half years of actual construction so this makes sense now for me. I guess I wasn't connecting the dots earlier, Hunter. Up until 2019, you were still at 38 years old or whatever you would have been then. You're still doing your stuff, aerial stuff, with the wakeboard and all that. But then you lost water. Correct. For four years and you haven't done much, if any, I don't know, getting on the water somewhere else because it's not convenient, right? And so you are now have water just as of a couple of weeks ago to get back on. Is that right? Well, Sort of, yes. We lost the lake and I actually, we were preaching to our clients, hey, I'm confident in these dams. So I actually bought a place on Lake Placid because I knew my boys at the time, I mean, they're uh, 11 and 12 right now. I knew I was going to miss key years with them on the boat. So I bought a place on Lake Placid and we're, we're able to spend a lot of time on the boat with them. I ended up breaking my hand and my toe. So that was a whole different story. I don't know if we have time for that, but yeah, that's why. The challenges never end, do they? (laughs) So uh, I wasn't able to be behind the boat, but I was able to be in the boat with them and spend a lot of time with them on the classic. Then that dam broke and I got another boat stuck in the lift at that point. I'm really good about getting boats stuck in my lift when the dam breaks. When you were going through that though, that what I can only imagine was a super difficult, nearly year long kind of period there. How did you work through like any tips for us working through like the negative self-talk that we all can face, you know, when going through a super hard time? Anxiety for sure was heavy. It's the curse of the entrepreneur. So prayer, working out, good friend of mine, Keith Wing, who's also on my C12 board, Phenomenal builder, by the way. He recommended a book by Craig Rochelle, Winning the War in Your Mind. That one really, really, really helped me. If anybody has anxiety, I I highly recommend that. That one is a phenomenal book. So just getting into a rhythm of morning time with God in his word, working out three to four times a week. That's good for me. You break out in a, in a red rash and sweat. Exactly. Does that happen to you? <laughs> That's awesome. That's great advice though. Keep, get, get the exercise in. And I love that you shared that. If you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you love to have known much earlier on in your life? I had my priorities all mixed up. You know, I, I thought I'm a provider, so I need to work really, really hard to 
make a lot of money to support the family, which ended up putting my family second, third sometimes to work and other things. So if I could go back and what I try to tell people is just keep your priorities straight. Realize the important things in life is not the next commission check. It's God, family, then business. So that is definitely something that took me way, way, way too long to figure out. I decided to pull out of production for that reason. After 2019, my team, it was growing, actually. I'm able to spend a lot more time with my boys and my wife traveling or just out on the boat or going for walks. And I'm not working until 2 a.m. anymore. And I, I really push even for my agents. Um, of course, there's certain times that you really have to push, <laughs> right? But you know, it worked until 2 AM every day. I did that for about 10 years. So I love the analogy. You said, put the big rocks in first. And I know probably a lot of our listeners are familiar with that analogy. I would imagine there's plenty that aren't, but help me if I'm not doing a good job explaining for them, Hunter, but. I've seen it demonstrated that when you take big rocks and put them in a jar and then take the smaller gravel, the smaller rocks and pour it in second, it can fit in and around the bigger rocks. Essentially, you can get more rock in the cup than if you start with the little rocks and then try to add the big rocks, you don't get as much in there. Is that a fair representation? Absolutely. You did it way better than I could. <laughs> so in that context, how does that apply? How do you apply that? That you're reprioritizing how you're spending your time in the day. Is that essentially what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Uh, the, the big rocks. I, uh, my morning routine is wake up, work out, sit on the back porch that overlooks the lake. I read a daily devotional. I sit there in silence before the chaos of the day. And then I either read or listen to the Bible, to the Bible app. I'm not good about that every single day, but at least. When I get off of that rhythm, I definitely feel it. just not able to reflect and listen. Yes, great advice. What advice would you give to somebody who is in the thick of it? Whatever it may be, I'm using that figuratively speaking. Obviously, they're challenging me different like it was for you. But what advice would you give to them? Get on your knees a lot faster and pray. And it's all in God's hands. And sometimes we try to control things that we shouldn't try to control. And, you know, seek wisdom from other godly people get advice from other successful business owners that are also striving to be like christ what is c12 for our listeners can you explain what that is you've mentioned it a couple three times already which means it's obviously very important i don't want anyone to miss what at least the concept of what what it is you're talking about it's a christian leadership board basically a, a group of around 12 successful Christian business owners in all different fields that are coming together to help. And they look for holes that you might not see in your business. And then also too, they interview the spouse to make sure that you're not overworking, your priorities are straight and you're spending time with the family and there's not any issues at home. So it's accountability. It's, it's just guidance again, from other successful Christian business. I love it. I love it. How valuable. So good. What would you say is one habit that has helped you in living a successful life? Oh man, I, I was trying to think about that one. I don't know if it's a habit, but you know, I don't give up easily. 
That's a good one. So I keep going and going and trying to figure out a way and and make sure that everybody on the bus succeeds. Uh, that's so good. Resilience, resilience. And for so many years, I thought really successful people did something really extraordinary. And although there are examples of that, what I've learned is most extraordinarily successful people do very ordinary things extraordinarily consistently, and they just keep doing them. And it's that consistency, as you said, not giving up, not quitting, that makes the difference between those that really enjoy success in their relationships, in their finances, in their health, in their any aspect of life. I think you want to fill in the blank. And uh, I love that you mentioned that. What is one of the best pieces of advice that somebody has given you? Well, kind of to build on what you just said is don't be afraid to try. You know, most successful business owners, they're not afraid to try something, not afraid to fail. I mean, they're not trying to fail, but, you know, paralysis by analysis, I guess. And you know, I've done that same thing when I first started my business. It just took me forever to just make a decision or make a hire or make a fire. Or, you know, it, you just do it. If you've got a good feeling about it, you know your industry better than anybody else. Don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid to try something new that might work. It might fail, but heck, it might work. It might make you the top dog. Like experimenting with SEO in 2006 for lakefront property, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and when I got in the business, I, I don't really see you as an agent. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> I love it. I love it. People probably didn't see Elon Musk as a car builder or a satellite builder or all the other things that he's accomplished either. It's interesting how we stereotype what we think a realtor should be like or a, anyone for that matter. What is one book? Are you much of a reader? I don't know. Is there a book that you might recommend to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? Well, as I mentioned earlier, Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. Yeah, Craig Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah. That one really, really has helped me. And if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have anxiety. I, I need to reread it actually. But my wife read it after I did. I've referred it to quite a few different people. And everybody just comes away, you know, turning everything over to God. Well, wow, sounds awesome. Sounds like a great book. I know turning it over to God is definitely, uh, definitely know that's the answer instead of anxiety and worry and fear and all the things that any one of us, as you said, can definitely slip into. We've talked a lot about success and I've said a few times, you know, you've been very successful. What would you say is your definition of success? You ever thought about that? If you had asked me seven years ago, 10 years ago, I, I would put some sort of dollar figure in but, you know, it's good relationships. First with God, then family, then, then others. I love it, Hunter. I agree. Definitely agree. When you think about the future at this point in your career, at this stage in your life, right now, as you sit there and think about the future, like what is the first thing that comes to mind that you're super excited about? Business-wise or just life-wise? Either. Take it any direction you want. Oh man, my boys are about to be in middle school and going into high school after that. That's a whole new chapter and they're a lot of fun to play with. And and so just being able to go snow skiing with them and of course water skiing now that the lake's back, that's very exciting. Business-wise, man, life's a puzzle and it's fun to, to play it after 
we've done the expansion to the Highland Lakes. There's other sets of lakes that I could also do that with, but I'm, I'm working on finishing building out the Highland Lakes, getting it to profitability that I'd like. And also, you know, working on figuring that expansion out or, or finishing that expansion out and then possibly doing others. Houston set of lakes, Dallas set of lakes, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a bunch of fun stuff. I'm getting excited just thinking about it through your perspective there with the boys and your family and then on the business side as well. Endless opportunities and endless opportunities, as you said, for ministry as God continues to bless your health and your business and your finances and, and all that. What is the best way for our listeners, Hunter, to follow along on your journey, connect with you? I mean, the best way is first off our website, uh, Lake Houses, the number four, sale.net, lakehousesforsale.net, using the number four. The bio that you just read came from there. You can read about me and any of my other agents and also contact me through there. That's awesome. And we'll put all that information down below in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, you can just hop down in the show notes and access Hunter's company website and all the, the things that he just mentioned. By the way, how many agents do you have on your team? I meant to ask you that earlier. Currently, I have three producing agents. Three producing agents, and you are and you're the number one team within the largest market within Keller Williams. That's pretty phenomenal. That's exciting. You must have some amazing agents. We're not a lot of agents, but they're super high producing. Two of my agents last year, their production alone over doubled the closest team behind us. Wow. Well, what's the numbers? How much volume is like one of your one or both or whatever agents producing on their own? This year, my top agent's probably going to be 55 or 60 million. So last year we did about 118 million. We're a little bit lower than that, but everybody is with this shifting market, higher interest rates, but uh, we're still doing really well. There's good deals to be had. There's a lot more to pick from than there ever has been in the last few years. So smart buyers are realizing that they can put their money into a lake house, which is an investment that they get to play with, whether they want to rent it out or, you know, future appreciation as you being a waterfront or a lakefront homeowner, I'm sure you see that appreciation. Waterfront property appreciates at a much higher rate than regular real estate. So again, most people don't see it that way, but the smart ones see it as an investment. Hey. This has been awesome, Hunter. I'm going to give you the final word. Any closing comment you might want to share with our Life's Hard Succeed Anyway audience? I get mad at myself if I didn't say some sort of call to action. But if you're looking to buy or sell a waterfront property in Central Texas, look no further than the lakefront. Awesome. And you are in the New Braunfels area there, right? In, in between what? San Antonio and Austin? Is that an accurate description? I live in New Braunfels, but we represent 17 different lakes and rivers. So I sold you the Guadalupe Lakes, up Canyon Lake, all the way through New Braunfels, which is the Guadalupe and the Colorado River, Dunlap, McQueenie, Placid, Lake Seguin, and Meadow Lake. We also represent all the Austin area lakes, which are called the Highland Lakes. So you have Lake Austin, Lake Travis, Lake Marble Falls, Lake LBJ, Inks Lake, and Buchanan, also the Blanco River and San Marcos River. So if anything waterfront in Central Texas, we've got you covered. Okay, well, next time you get up to Nashville, show me how to wakeboard, wake surf, whatever you want to show me. And if I get down there, I'll be calling you up asking for some lessons. Is that a deal? It's an open invite anytime you want to come. 
Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Hunter, thank you so much for taking your time to hop on here and uh, share some of your story, your experience, your wisdom and lessons learned with us. It's been awesome. Alan, thanks for your time. If you love this podcast, grab some of Alan's free resources on his website at alanblain.com, spelled A-L-L-A-N-B-L-A-I-N.com. You can also find links to Alan's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok there in his contacts page. Lastly, if you can leave a five-star review for us on your favorite podcast app, that will get these messages out to more people and it will really mean the world to us. Thanks in advance and make it a great day.